humans are emotional creatures. To tell somebody like stopping emotional, you're telling that person to stop being human. My name is Jiggy, but that's not my actual name. My Korean name is Yunnaun. Today, I'm a mental health motivational speaker and a mindset and performance coach. Now that like both of my parents have passed, I don't hear my mom saying, you need to be doing more down there. Like there's so much more that you could be doing. I only hear, I'm proud of you. Aww. And I feel like that's because she's a complete piece. everyone before we dive into today's episode i wanted to take a moment to provide a trigger warning in this episode we mention suicide and so i very much understand that this could be a sensitive topic for um, some of our listeners and so i wanted to give you this warning um, if you choose to not continue but also provide resources so if you or anyone you know is struggling with thoughts of suicide or self-harm, please, I encourage you to reach out to a mental health professional or a helpline in your country. In the United States, you can find uh, the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-TALK. That's 1-800-273-8255. Today's episode is with Jiggy. It's honestly one of the most impactful episodes that I've ever recorded. But if you choose not to listen, I completely understand. I want to be able to create a safe and supportive environment for all of you. Um, and so if you choose to skip, I completely understand. But yeah, thank you guys so much for your support. Um, so yeah, let's get into the episode. Hi, everyone. I'm Hannah, and we are back for another episode of Prugogi Pod. And today is a very special episode. We have on Jiggy Yoon here. Everyone say hi. <laughs> Crowd goes wild. Um, yeah, and so you guys might know Jiggy because um, I feel like her internet presence and um, how much she advocates for mental health in general. It like, I don't know if we just have a lot of mutual friends. You're always <laughs> popping up, which I love. Um, but yeah, if you could go ahead and introduce yourself for our cookies. Yeah. How cute. Oh my gosh, I made it. Guys. I made it to this podcast. <laughs> oh my gosh, I found out about this podcast when I was at an Asian Mental Health Project event, oh. the open mic. And I don't know if you, t- you guys were there, but I saw your name on there. And ever since I saw the podcast, I was like, oh my gosh, there's Asian podcast where i feel related to the content oh and now God. here i am i'm like i made it no Hi. wait i i 100 percent remember like seeing you at the event but because yeah, you were MC. hosting yeah. yeah you were there i was there i was there me like uh, okay. yeah me and one of my friends yeah. i was like oh this is so cool like yeah. i always like love what asian mental health project is doing and yeah. so i was like oh also like love that you just like host and i was like you're so natural at it like that was my first time like, no way yeah <gasps> I wanted to do it because I wanted to try out and see how I do. Wow. Yeah, that was I, my first time hosting an event like I could that, not or emceeing. Yeah. It was perfect. It Thank was perfect. You. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, okay, well, my name is Jiggy, but that's not my actual name. My Korean name is Yunnaun. Um, I was born in Korea and mm. came to America when I was 10 years old. Mm. And um, a bunch of stuff happened in my life. And today I'm a mental health motivational speaker and a mindset and performance coach. So. Wow. Okay. Ta-da! Wow. I have my own podcast and that's how we do the intro. So it's like, oh, don't, okay, I love that. And then, yeah, tell us more about your podcast. Uh, my podcast is called The Energy and Heart Project. No, 
not project the energy and heart podcast yes it's i'm done because like my best friend and i host it and we like always get the intro wrong <laughs> we get our name wrong and i don't know why um no. but it's hosted with my best friend steph oh, wow. um she was she is the founder and ceo of a business called relating between the lines and that's all about like interpersonal skills and things like that mm -hmm. uh she was on the asian boss babes podcast oh yeah the big one the huge one yeah i know about um, that one <laughs> yeah that was a big win for last year so yeah we just kind of she is like the heart i am the energy and we are the energy at heart podcast. and then we just like put us together and all we talk about is basically a lot of like um personal relationship skills and communication skills as well as like anti-hustle culture Ooh. stuff like that how to prioritize mental health as a high performer um bringing that all into like the mix of asian upbringing where you know excellence is always the quota and then mm -hmm. how do you do all that without burning out Ooh, yeah just a bunch of stuff so literally <laughs> everything you just <laughs> named i a thousand percent relate to yeah. so yeah please guys go check out jiggy you guys can find her on instagram at jiggy underscore yoon and then also check out the podcast there has to be some commonalities between us yeah. if we're here today and so yeah um i'm so excited to be speaking with you about you. mental health i think that um you know in my personal life like i've definitely gone through my bouts of like mental health struggles um especially during covid 2020 i just i think it just gave me a lot of time to to think and mm. like be in here mm. um and so yeah i think like in general i was just like wow like asian mental health is something like i think we're both passionate about mm. um but i'm curious like how you got into it yeah because you know there's still stigma like i yeah. still hear from like you know the older generations like i don't believe in therapy and all of that right. and so yeah. yeah how did you come into being passionate about mental health yeah I, i'm about to just ready to get started like yeah are we in yeah we yeah, yeah we're we in. getting started yeah, now yeah, you yeah. Get, ready to Everybody get, cozy. In. get comfortable get cozy <laughs> um i think I'll, I'll start with this though that uh i didn't understand the um i don't want to i don't think importance is the right word but i personally didn't understand my relationship of my asianness until i moved to la and oh. until i moved to k-town oh really? so okay. uh, i was born in korea started my journey in the u.s near detroit michigan um, moved to lansing michigan then grew up in queens new york went to school in pennsylvania and then moved across the country to San Diego wow. and then moved to North Hollywood. And then that's when the pandemic hit. Um, and then I moved to K-Town. Yeah. And so I think that my my experience in America um, until up until last year when I moved to K-Town mm -hmm. has been very. This is the most I've been around Asian people since i moved to america when i was 10 years old right um, and i think a part of me kind of pushed the asian community away a little bit because like me growing up look at me i'm gay <laughs> and uh and like you know the traditional korean asian folks the elders mm -hmm. um they they weren't down with this they were pointing fingers at me that i'm ashamed to the culture mm. i have tattoos and piercings you know mm. and so a lot of i felt pushed away from the community so as a protective mechanism um i was just also i'm from queens and so like i a lot of my friends are just black and brown folks mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. um 
and it wasn't like growing up it wasn't intentional it wasn't really on purpose it just kind of happened to be that way that i just found myself more so involved with the black and brown community right right. um and when i came to k-town and i just started to meet new people started to go to different events and that's kind of how i met you know asian mental health project and met those asian people Mm -hmm. and then i found um queer asian social club and i found queer asians and i'm like oh so there's asians who care about mental health and there's wait what there's like asian queer people because like i actually didn't know that until i came here like i thought there would be like one or two right but i didn't know that there would be a whole community which was like mind-boggling to me and so this wasn't all until like last year um when i started to meet new friends and a part of me was always like you know i'm christian and i believe that speaking and helping people is my calling and my purpose and Mm -hmm. i was like i'm here to you know i'm here to help everybody Mm. but something about helping my community helping my people um i also found a statistic that says you know korea is number one in the world for suicide Mm -hmm. and once i found that out i'm like it's over i am the savior of my country i'm over here like like like, i'm over here like i'm the korean savior like i'm the korean jesus over here i'm gonna save my people um and so i just became like really passionate about that so like i've been really passionate about mental health all along it's just that it wasn't until like last year that it became i became so passionate about also the asian community right right Um, and it's also because it hasn't been talked about too much and there's still such a long way to go yes uh, whether it's mental health or vulnerability therapy whatever it is um yeah it's just kind of the serving the asian community became especially more important to me recently Mm, um mm But my journey with mental health just kind of goes back to like, if we were to all think about our where we are today, it all starts with our childhood. Yeah. Um, and like my upbringing may be similar to anybody who's listening right now and that me growing up in Korea meant that it was a culture, a standard of excellence and the expectation of greatness and bringing honor to the family. Like that's that's real real that's not just on Mulan like that's real oh yeah and um like a plus was never enough coming home with an a plus it's like where's the extra credit right it's like I get into one school but what about the other school right right um and it was just like never enough and it just felt like I was chasing something that I thought I once upon a time thought it was I wasn't even chasing an a plus I was just chasing my mom being proud of me Mm. which was really hard to receive throughout life I couldn't count with one hand how many times i've heard that right right um but throughout life all i've been told was to just focus on your studies and that's more important than like getting a job right now or that's more important than like this rap career that you want to seek out (laughs) or it's more important than like varsity softball or Uh anything like that it was always first and foremost the priority top whatever anything else i can do as long as my report card looks a certain way yes yes um and so that's what i was brought up with and it kind of never left space or room for me to experience my emotions. Mm. And the only way that somebody can raise their level of self-awareness and emotional intelligence is through experiencing those things. Yeah. And so then when I don't have that, mm-hmm. then all of my experiences, 
emotional expressions become really extreme so like if i'm sad i'm like sobbing and if i'm angry it's rage and like rage is also something that's common in the asian community with like our dads and stuff like that but with rage too when you grow up with somebody in your family who is a rager mm. uh, a person can grow up also being a rager right. or somebody who shuts down due to somebody else's rage uh, i grew up a rager myself i see and I so see, like yeah. i was just everywhere all over the place with my emotional expression so whenever i was like upset about something because there was no safe space for me to be able to express myself mm-hmm it was labeled as she's throwing a tantrum Mm. here she goes again Mm. let's wait till she's done crying right so it was just kind of like my emotions were never honored yeah it's like dismissed right exactly and so because that's the way that i grew up and i got as i got older these converse these vulnerable conversations were never able to be had but like my mom's way of apologizing would be like buying me an entire cake from the grocery store like she would i i understand that now that like maybe that was her language of apologizing (laughs) just an entire cake from the grocery store (laughs) and so it's kind of like you know when you heal from like childhood trauma and like parental all that stuff it's like you gotta take what you can get oh yeah i'm like give me the cake bring bring the (laughs) cake over here like i love the cake too like i love cake so she would just kind of without saying the words she would kind of like bring in entire cake and it wasn't even one of those like small cute cakes it was like one of those like birthday cakes (laughs) (laughs) and she would just like come in the room with it and that happens so often (laughs) Uh, (laughs) apologizing is cheaper (laughs) (laughs) cheaper for everyone yeah yeah what are we (laughs) Uh, but yeah that was like my high school like we would have so many arguments about I was like, I used to say stuff like, oh my, like, why don't you just like know my heart? Like, mm-hmm. the way to keep mm-hmm. And um, there was just so many other things that I wanted to do on top of studying. And she just always gave me a really hard time. But yeah. she did this thing. I don't know if y'all parents do this, but she used to do this thing where she would like give me a really hard time about something and then like show support oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 when yeah. i used to have like like i used to have a rap career and when i say rap career i don't mean like making beats on the cafeteria tables like everybody did in high school uh-huh. i meant like i actually had a rap career and um like I, uh, the label wanted to sign me and everything oh wow but my mom would be like no absolutely not like like what right. are you talking about like right. we would fight argue scream so much about it and then like a week later she buys me a microphone you know, it's like a cake thing. It's I, would like, be, I would be very confused. Like, <laughs> where? Yeah. Let's but make as a decision. A kid, yeah. As a child growing up, like, like, I know now that that was her way of love. That was her way of support. Like, right. it's, it's the cutting the, uh, the, the, the fruit oh, thing. It's yes, just like yes. the, the, the acts of service rather than words of affirmation. Yeah. Um, but, like, sometimes I just want that affirmation. I want to hear it. Exactly. Without me yeah. having to, like put it all together right and then soothe myself especially as a young child like not as an adult yeah so there was just a lot of like supporting myself throughout it um but yeah yeah, there was just like no emotional intelligence growing up and so i just grew up with like depression um i 
accidentally got diagnosed with depression when i was in college i went to go see the campus doctor because uh-huh. i thought i had pneumonia because oh. i was tired i wasn't interested in anything i couldn't get out of bed like that and they were like oh you don't have pneumonia but you have depression and i was like well i i don't need a doctor's <laughs> prescription like i don't need a doctor to tell me that of course i have depression look at my life oh. um but yeah i've had depression and then like just suicidal thoughts growing up and mm. um my freshman year of college i was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes and it's a chronic illness there's no cure for it it's not a matter of like exercise or diet or anything like that it's just i have it for the rest of my life no matter what and so just like going through that and having no family support made me feel really alone and so i attempted um, self-harm in my dorm room using my syringes Mm. and so and like overdose on insulin and so yeah that that's another experience that i've had but just as i just went about life like i at the time mm-hmm. I'm, I'm about to like really show my age but at, back in my day <laughs> the term mental health wasn't as like everywhere as it is today yeah for sure and so i didn't know what it was i didn't understand what it was that i was going through i didn't know what help i needed i didn't know where to go to get said help i see i see and so you know like um my junior year of college my mom passed away from cancer Mm. and uh the day of her funeral it was in new york i the day of the funeral i went to her funeral got lunch got on this thing called megabus i don't know if you guys know what that is here got on the megabus went back to school in pennsylvania on the same day and um Mm. i go to class and my professors are like i can't believe you're here right because my counselor told them what happened my advisors told them what happened yeah Um, yeah. but i was like i didn't understand like what i was taught to show up no matter what by my mom right like i was taught study is first and foremost no matter what happens i gotta show up and study i have to graduate like Mm. in my eyes that was me honoring my mom yeah so i show up to class and all of my professors were like i can't believe you're here and i'm like why like what do you mean okay like what's wrong yeah so i'm back on campus and i remember a day where it was like student involvement fair and i was a president of an organization at the time and so i remember being there but like breaking down crying out of nowhere and uh, my friend had to like take me out of the auditorium to like calm me down and stuff Mm -hmm. and my way of processing that things that have been happening um were just like you know I went to a party school, as they say, and so I was just, like, getting drunk and blacking out. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember one time I went into class and uh, there was a pop quiz. No, the teacher, the professor gave us, returned one of our quizzes from the previous week first. Oh, and okay. I, and I failed it. Um, I was like, oh, great. And then um, then she's like, oh, there's a pop quiz today. I'm like, I'm done. And then... Right. Um, she put it puts each paper on our desk and i like got up and left Mm. and i emailed my professor later that day just like explaining because because at the end of the day just that's just like disrespectful you know so Mm. i emailed my professor explaining what's going on and what happened and i've just i think the language that i was looking for was that i am overwhelmed Mm. i am hurting a lot i don't know how to navigate this thing i don't know what i'm doing i just lost my mom um i'm just trying to figure it out and i need to take things slow like if i had that language i would have said that absolutely but instead i was like 
my mom just died this this was just wasn't it for me today so i'm so sorry is there another way that i could another day that i could take the test something mm. like that mm. um and thankfully she was just really receptive and she was like you know this is a learning lesson for me too mm. to how to support students who might be grieving and i was like what's that word grieving that you just used right there because oh. i didn't know that's what i was going through right. i didn't know that that's the language that i was going through right right and so I was like, what is this grieving thing? Um, and then I found out that, so I went to the campus health center to pick up my meds, my insulin and stuff. Mm -hmm. And above the water fountain was this poster that says like, hey, have you just recently lost somebody? Um, do you find yourself like cranky, like moody? You don't really, brain foggy, like you don't really understand what's going on. Right. Did you know that you get like four free counselor appointments or something at the session as a student here? And I was like, no, I didn't, I didn't know, know that. that. <laughs> I didn't know that's what I needed, but all of the questions just, you just asked me just checks out. Yes, so, yes, yeah. So I tried. So then it turns out that was therapy. <gasps> wow. Oh. <laughs> that's what therapy was. And oh, so. Wow. Um, I tried therapy and the the person was cool, um, <laughs> but I don't, th it just wasn't for me at that time. Yeah. And what got me through that season was I took a class that changed my life. Oh, and wow. um, that class, I call it the hippie class, but basically it taught us how to meditate, how to journal, how to center and ground ourselves. But the reason why I call it a hippie class is because we also went around campus like hugging trees. <laughs> oh my god! Um, but it, was, it changed my life. It was my favorite class. I was a TA and like oh, wow. so much more for it. Um, yeah. But like learning how to like meditate, journal, and just kind of like raise that level of self awareness at the time that I could. Right. Um, and with the guidance that I had, that class really kind of slowed me down. Yeah. And that class really was helpful for me at that time. Yeah. It sounds like it like really gave you like tools that you needed right. that you didn't even know that you needed at yeah. that time. And so. it was like almost like self-paced, mm. you know, and I think that's really important when it comes to grieving and healing, that mm -hmm. it has to be self-paced. And yeah. so it did what it could for me at that time. But I was still also drinking a lot and blocking out and stuff. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um but, you know, eventually, like, I graduated and stuff, and I got the regular 9-to-5 job that people say you should get. Right. Um, but even with that, like, one time I was getting ready for work one morning, and all of a sudden, like, my vision's blurry and my hands are shaking, and I was getting a panic attack oh. at 24 years old. And I'm like, listen, I'm 24 years old, and I'm already getting a panic attack. Like, I haven't seen the world yet. Right. I'm already getting a panic attack. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, but that was due to just the snowballing effect of all of the overwhelm that, that I was feeling, the grieving that I never really honored, right. the proper steps of grieving that I never really took. Right. Uh, because I was just so quick to just wanting to escape grieving. I wanted to like, I don't want to grieve anymore. I don't want to cry about my mom anymore. Yeah. I just want to get to the solution. What is the healing? Like healing doesn't have a destination, right. but at the time I didn't understand that. And I just wanted to escape it because I felt like I was just drowning right. and I could barely breathe right. um, rather than just like calming down, chilling and settling and let letting be what is. Right. Right. Um, and so even after that panic attack, I ended up just like quitting my job because I was so burnt out from life. Can you relate when you're burnt out from life? Yeah, at 24 <laughs> too. Yeah. At 24? <laughs> like you're in your prime. What's going on? Ain't no prime in my life. Um, but yeah, so like all of that combined and I totally like missed the part two where um, the 
after I graduated high school, like before college, mm. I also experienced um, a little bit of like homelessness. I lost my home mm. to fire in one hour. So I lost everything. Oh my God. And so I had to like briefly live in a shelter, uh, just move around a lot and just yeah that also was grieving you yeah. know that's traumatic oh god and i yeah. didn't understand what trauma was i didn't understand what grieving was a grieving a loss loss can look like anything right and so i i even that like you know that happened and i go right to college and i used to joke about it i, I used to be like oh you know losing everything to fire made packing for college lighter like i used to joke about it you know right. can you relate when you make a joke <laughs> out of the traumatic event that happened oh absolutely i'm making <laughs> so, jokes all the time yeah and it's just like i don't know the, the way that the world is set up is that as i'm supposed to act as if everything is fine yeah and like, it's just i'm supposed to yeah and, like, and i'm sure supposed to just keep going yeah and you know that's like also like the korean spirit that i grew up with it's like kaja like fighting oh, you know yeah. and so it's just like no matter what happens you gotta just keep going and persevering and that's exactly what my mom taught me and right. so that's what i did but right, right. even like freshman year of college i because that happened i was already irritable mm-hmm. i don't know how i made new friends but i was a it's like i was not great i was not pleasant i'm not pleasant and then that same year i got diagnosed with my chronic illness and so then now i'm like oh my god the world is just not for me life is not for me so then like then junior year my mom passes away i'm like yo for real life is not for me like this world is not for me um and then the panic attack happens and i'm just like is it me like there's gotta be something here that isn't really lining up and around that time is when the language of like mental health started to come around and like Mm -hmm. people started to kind of talk about it with on social media Mm -hmm. um back in college i actually had to study brene brown oh wow the bad bitch brene brown is what i called her yeah Um, but that's how i learned like in college i learned about the word vulnerability at the time her ted talk didn't have like it only had a few thousand views oh you were early on it i'm really sure she was an undergrad (laughs) (laughs) i had to study her work and so she that's how i was introduced like to like vulnerability and even after college she made she planted a seed in my heart that i was just so curious about this thing called vulnerability and what is it Mm. and it plays such a huge part in my whole healing journey where vulnerability is the exact thing that my culture told me not to do when i was growing up right like do not inconvenience other people with your with your like yeah anything and so it turned out the more and more i looked into it the more i realized that this very thing that i was taught not to do is the exact thing that can actually help me heal and so like the word vulnerability came first for me before like mental health um and for me even to this day mental health for me isn't just like up here right it's also like it's very much here it's very much hard right you know what i'm saying like and um if you translate mental health to Korean, it's Chongxin. Oh, uh, is that the translation? Chongxin. Uh, health. Yes. Like, but I don't like that translation because it's kind of like saying like your sanity health. No, yeah. I, I, yeah, yeah. The oh, Chongxin like, Gonggang. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. okay, okay. So that kind of threw me off. But anyways, um, but yeah, mental health for me isn't just up here. It's very much here. Um, right. Vulnerability, I believe that it's there for you when you're ready for it. Mm-hmm. when you're ready to receive it also when there is a safe trusted space for it you can't just be out here telling people everybody your yeah, secrets yeah, like, oh, yeah, you yeah, yeah. the trusted space um but yeah th- that vulnerability was just 
the heart of it oh, wow. and then social media started to come about and everybody's talking like people are starting to talk about mental health and then mm-hmm. back in the day like people used to say like vulnerability is weakness and some people still do yeah but they were like oh vulnerability is weakness and mental health is for like the weak and, like, yeah blah, blah, blah. and like being an entrepreneur and like a motiv- motivational speaker i'm also like growing up in a community where they're like you gotta be a lion you gotta be a lone wolf no feelings no emotions like just do it no matter what right i'm like yo i got so much to say about that too but anyways um and because that's also the world that i was learning how to be an entrepreneur it was like a really tough battle for me right like well am i gonna be this tough lion or can i be vulnerable like which one is it it seems opposing right exactly And um, as time went by, I started to understand that life and who I am in this world can be whatever I decided to be. Mm. And I realized that you can be both. Mm -hmm. You can be both excellent. You can be both extraordinary. You can be both seeking greatness and taking care of your mental health, prioritizing your wellness, having, you know, deepening your relationships and making connections um because i say that because hustle culture out here like yo you can't be out here hanging out with your friends you can't be out there partying and having fun like you gotta stay focused no matter what Mm. okay to a certain extent i agree and i believe by witnessing both of my parents pass away that deepening your relationships and making memories is going to be the most important thing that you do in your life Mm. like money isn't gonna show up to your funeral yeah the people that you love and impacted will yeah and so all of that to say that's how i got to mental health um that's how i became interested in asian mental health as well yeah um but yeah i I think like it all just really started with my mom passing away yeah yeah Yeah. it feels like it was kind right like when it rains it pours Mm -hmm. but i think like sometimes as hard as it is in my personal experience like i've realized that like sometimes i have to like reach rock bottom or what seems like rock bottom in order to go up from there but Mm -hmm. um i'm like so like glad to hear that you were able to like find the tools and like the the resources that you needed because oftentimes right like growing up in an asian household like i don't think i even realized like the culture that i was growing up in where yeah like I never missed a day of school, even if I was feeling sick. Yeah, yeah. Like, it was. <laughs> Can't be doing that now. But <laughs> oh yeah, it was truly like yep. excellence and success over yep. everything. Mm-hmm. And now, like even those words, I start to question like what that means. Like, what does success even mean? Mm-hmm. Is it only like applicable to career and how much money you make? Right. Mm-hmm. Like that's kind of like what my what my parents and what my parents' generation views it as. Mm-hmm. Whereas like. I've started to kind of like push back and be like, oh, but if you're doing all of that and you aren't checking in with yourself and you're not forming like deep, meaningful relationships, like at least to me, like I don't think it means much. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, yeah, like everything that you said, like truly, like I'm like, wow, like it very much resonates. Um, And so, yeah, I guess to like speak a little bit more about like vulnerability, um, I know like one of the things that you pointed out was like it's not just up here like in your head Mm -hmm. like it's in here Mm -hmm. and i think i'm i'm one of those people like i know a lot but i can't necessarily like Mm -hmm. apply it Mm -hmm. and so um maybe aside from or in addition to finding your safe space and your Mm -hmm. safe people like what were kind of the baby steps in um like opening up to people 
and mm. being vulnerable yeah like what is like like what does that even like look like yeah yeah, yeah yeah great question um i think that vulnerability i think that there's a stigma to it where people think that it's just like crying oftentimes it's like related to crying right and i'm there's, a cry there's baby a lot of so yep. yeah <laughs> um, and it can be crying mm-hmm. um but that's just a result of experiencing certain emotions mm-hmm. and i think that vulnerability at the end of the, i think being human must include allowing ourselves to experience our m- emotions because humans are emotional creatures uh, our brains are literally built and wired there's parts of our brains that ch- this job is to process em- emotions right and so in order to tell somebody like stopping emotional you're telling that person to stop being human oh gosh yeah um yeah that's a bar (laughs) oh i could tell the rap career (laughs) um but so the way that i started to have to translate it is that uh, i think that vulnerability is truly about truth speaking speaking your truth Um. and i think that I can't speak for anybody else, but especially for Asian cultures. I don't know about anybody else's upbringing, but how I was brought up as an Asian little girl Mm -hmm. was to just bow my head down and nod, keep my hands together and just not say anything, not, not Not express my opinions. Don't question anything. Just, nah, nah, (laughs) and just take it. Mm -hmm. Um, but that's not just with opinions. It was also with emotions. And Uh. so I think that there is, a long way to go for the Asian community where it's we must give ourselves the permission to be able to speak our truth. I'm not telling you to go start going out there saying whatever you want to and disrespecting people right. and just like saying whatever you want to because that's your freedom. Like that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is to like honor yourself. Yeah. And how you're experiencing life, how you're experiencing your heart as a human being and make space for that. Uh. I think that vulnerability has a lot to also do with just letting your inner child know that they're safe Mm. and whatever it is that looks like Mm -hmm. um and whatever happened in childhood where we could not stand up for ourselves or maybe somebody harmed us or whatever it is we can now now create that safety ourselves Mm -hmm. and i think that journey is also really vulnerable um but notice how like when i say vulnerability it keeps coming back to self first i'm not over here saying like start talking to your friends whatever you want to and start sharing your story like that's not what i'm saying <laughs> right you must first honor yourself and what that looks like and that's your journey wow and it's i mean it took me like 10 years to get to this point oh gosh yeah but at least y'all got social media <laughs> so at least like, you got you podcasts got, you got this to learn <laughs> you're learning you know how many books i had to read to get to this point <laughs> i'm saving you 10 years yeah this is free game this, <laughs> this is free is game, game. <laughs> um, but yeah like i think that vulnerability if you were to say it as like this is truth speaking and it's just mm. like also there's a lot of po- folks who are like people pleasers and it's just yeah. like instead of speaking in order to serve other people how in this situation how can you serve yourself does that look like boundaries does it look like like what what is what does it look like right um yeah so wow yeah i I, I would just start with like truth speaking and just really taking like slow down right you know slow down i like that and just like really tune in with yourself and that's the part of like raising your self-awareness you know it's Mm -hmm. like getting to know yourself Mm. if a situation happens and your body reacts to it like you're pissed something tenses up like your heart's beating faster your your breath is getting shorter it's actually giving you a headache like tune into it and ask yourself like what is my body trying to tell me Uh, what is my nervous system trying to tell me is this something that needs to be communicated to somebody 
if so who like is it a boundary like this pisses you off and it crossed the line somehow right what is the boundary there or maybe you need to soothe yourself what is that that's vulnerability too Whoa. people don't understand that like vulnerability itself is just like stepping into the unknown it's it's not just crying like right you can happen to cry right right but vulnerability is like stepping into the unknown like me getting up on stage to speak is also vulnerability that's a vulnerable thing to do right. athletes like i work with fighters like fighters who step in the ring like that's very vulnerable you're oh, about to gosh. get knocked you might get knocked out in front of the world like right. you know that's very vulnerable right so vulnerability looks like just just being alive like you were talking about uh, what does excellence even mean anymore mm-hmm. um i think that if we were to just tune out of having like grading ourselves still like we might not be in school anymore but we oh still my, grading ourselves oh my gosh yeah and it's like and i think i recently came to this realization that and i say this word a lot because i'm a motivational speaker and a coach but like when people say yeah excellence and greatness and we always say that it's in like nike commercials we always say that but i'm at a point where i'm just like i don't want people that i speak to or the clients that i work with to reach a cap or a limit of their potential because if you're excellent what's after that right you're and what is excellent and what is not what is excellent and what's average that's being graded i don't want to grade people's lives who am i and who is the world Mm. and so i think that what i want to serve is helping people who are in the ever pursuit of becoming extraordinary yeah and being extraordinary cannot be graded because you cannot measure somebody's heart yeah being extraordinary is vast it is the impact and influence and heart-to-heart connection and just the whatever it's not just oh you did that excellent like that's excellent (laughs) and you're living an excellent life you have a certain salary and yeah you must be great but i've seen rich people be really miserable oh yeah you know what i'm saying so it's like bump the excellence guys extraordinary extraordinary is in that's what i'm hearing when gen z people say it's like something's out and something's in yeah 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 (laughs) (laughs) i learned this from my girlfriend the the ins and outs of 2024 um And I think one thing that's in this year, at least for me, is boundary setting. I think that, you know, Mm -hmm. something that you brought up is like, you have to honor yourself first. And I'm realizing like, I didn't do that. But because I didn't do that first, Mm -hmm. and I was just going off and sharing, Mm -hmm. I often felt like my boundaries were being um, somehow pushed because Mm. they didn't react the way I wanted them them to like when I shared. Mm -hmm. So already i'm like learning like okay i think i know what you mean by like you know it's it's internal first and then you can take it to other people um but in terms of boundary setting right Mm -hmm. i think that um at least when it comes to like my personal experience right like especially with therapy and um like even like my parents right just their opinions on like my life and like what i'm doing and what choices i'm making i oftentimes like find it difficult to like set those boundaries mm-hmm. um and so like yeah i guess like with the people around you like how have you like are you the type of person to like set boundaries before like anything happens like how do you go about that like i'm curious like it, i feel like you have a method <laughs> i can hear my friends like laughing what? if you if they were to he- hear what you would just ask me because i'm just like i'm not saying i'm the queen of boundary setting it's just that, like it's something that i teach people oh. um 
And I don't want to make the excuse of like, oh, I, I get this a lot where people are like, oh, Jiggy's that way because that's Jiggy. Jiggy's that way because she's from New York. Like, Jiggy's that way because whoop de whoop wop wop But it's like, I'm this way because you know what yeah i'm built in queens like come at me but at the same time it's like but at the same time it's like i also had to learn these skills yeah um i also had to make mistakes try again apply try again mm. read books about it listen to podcasts about it take courses on it um and i think that first of all like when it comes to boundary setting i just want to acknowledge the humanness in all of us that if boundary setting is really hard for you there's nothing wrong with you like uh, there's nothing wrong with you if you have a hard time setting boundaries right um because it's not as simple as setting boundaries like uh, uh, social media talks about it all the time like you gotta set your boundaries yeah. and like, da, 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 da. So but it's like, like you, you can't, can't like reposting the post is not learning how to set boundaries you have yeah. to like learn the skills and yeah. it's like okay so we just talked about um listening to your body and then recognizing what it's saying so if there's a situation where you feel as though you need to set your boundaries mm -hmm. i do want to acknowledge that it's two ways and that it is about the way that you're able to communicate it mm -hmm. and it's also about the other person how they receive it so we can't just be out here like i'm setting boundaries jiggy told me to set boundaries so i'm doing it so if you can't take it you're you're the jerk you're the problem right. it's like some no but it's also like you don't want to come off arrogant you don't yeah. want to come off mean and things like that um so i always talk about how like you can be direct and kind oh, and yeah. set the boundaries set the boundaries sharing the intention Oh. it's always about intention like you're not doing it to hurt the other person you're not doing it to attack the other person right you're right. just the intention first and foremost is that like this is what you're needing mm -hmm. to show up as your best self mm. to be able to take care of yourself and your sanity <laughs> apparently oh. <laughs> um yeah and so like when it comes to boundary setting and then if you you know there are courses on this too but like if you're able to communicate it finally to the other person saying like uh state the boundary and if the other person is not receptive of it if they right. are speaking against it then now it's time to evaluate why is this person in your life uh. and boundary setting sometimes also has to be cutting people off mm. um, sometimes it's just not worth wasting your breath on a conversation anymore right and if the other person it, okay so i want to acknowledge that like okay there's levels to friendships and relationships yep. so if this person is really important to you and they're having such a are they having a hard time understanding your boundaries and oh, processing your boundaries uh -huh. or do they just simply do not want to listen to you right okay well there's the saying that if somebody is against your boundaries it's because they have been inconvenienced by you setting your boundaries that means that that person has been benefiting off of you not setting those boundaries oh wow so then it pisses me them off right. once they're like you come Wait. in this is inconvenient for me right so i'm gonna try to like gaslight you and all this stuff right to make it seem like your problem right but yeah just there there's just there's levels to this you know right um but yeah it, it just depends on uh, okay so then if they are ha having a hard time understanding they don't know if they can support you right. then the conversation if they're open to it and if you are open to it can be what needs to be explained or how can we support each other in making this happen and mm. things like that but i think that uh, i'm really um like relationships are so important to me in my life that i don't really believe in like canceling people right away oh yeah um it's not that i'm giving them like excuses or wiggle rooms it's just that like 
I would rather lead with curiosity first and foremost. Right. Um, but if it's one of those boundaries where it's a non-negotiable, like you, you, there's no room for talking. Like you disrespected the heck out of me, and you guys can't have it anymore. Yeah. Then you can just drop it. And if they say no, I can't. What do you mean? Then you can say okay. Then if you are not capable of respecting my boundaries here, right. Okay, then you you're showing your true self. I don't align with you no more. There's chapters to certain relationships. Goodbye. Right, right. But I'm sorry that I'm not giving you like a clean cut answer. But that's just the complexity of life and relationships, and that it just depends. Yeah, for Mm -hmm. sure. And I actually think that you did give me a clear a clean answer, (laughs) and that like this is the crash course. This is the intensive. (laughs) I don't think I've ever, when setting boundaries, like explained my intentions Mm. especially like when it comes to like let's let's use my like parents for an example Mm -hmm. like I think it's really really hard for me to share like with my parents Mm -hmm. and so oftentimes when I'm like oh like let's not talk about that it's me shutting down like Mm -hmm. it's almost like the last resort and Mm -hmm. like I'm unable to communicate at that point Mm -hmm. and so I'm realizing that being kind is also being direct Mm -hmm. and it also requires there to just be context because like for someone mm-hmm. to right just come and be like oh like stop doing that or mm-hmm. like stop talking to me like that mm-hmm. i think like right like maybe a natural instinct at least mm-hmm. in my family is like yeah, to yeah. be defensive yeah. and so yeah i mm-hmm. i like all of that yeah i think that boundary setting is scary for a lot of people it's also again a vulnerable experience and yeah. so when we step into vulnerability which is like i said it's just stepping into the unknown Mm -hmm. then our fight or flight comes in and it's like what are you doing this is crazy this is uncomfortable (laughs) what are you doing no they're gonna reject it's going to like especially for the people pleasers out there you're gonna be like oh my god it's gonna inconvenience the other people it's gonna hurt the other person like all of it whatever literally Um, and so it's like a fight or flight like no just keep the peace everything is fine just deal with it yeah but rather than using that and like flying away and running away or just coming off like with kind of like anger almost or frustration due to that fear Mm -hmm. it's kind of like again slow down and when speaking to the other person like especially if it's parents i think that parents are also very complex um letting them know like i don't mean to like disrespect you or dishonor you i'm not letting you i'm not telling you that you're like parenting wrong or anything like that it's just that like this thing that happened hurt me Mm. and i would appreciate it if you could kind of because i think we forget that parents are human oh yeah um (laughs) which is a card game shout outs to joseph oh Um, yeah but yeah i think we often forget that like parents are human too they're still learning and growing believe it or not and Mm -hmm. age doesn't matter we're ever growing and ever evolving yeah um yeah yeah but again i just really want to i want to make it so clear that it depends on the person that you're talking to like if you have a boundary that's like clean cut non-negotiable just 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 lay it on them i know there are some people i know there's because there are certain people who don't even deserve your intention setting and all that cute stuff just do it right it just depends you know right a special occasion it just depends <laughs> yeah no i yeah know your audience for mm-hmm. sure and so yeah i guess to just like kind of wrap things up um is there anything else you like want to share on anything that you want to speak on yeah i think i just really like want to address that um As much as my mom was somebody who taught me about work ethic and perseverance, and yes, there wasn't really 
um, space for me to be able to experience my emotions and neither did she. Mm. You know, she was a person, you know, an immigrant who came to this country basically on her own. My dad yeah. stayed in Korea the entire time oh. and she was like learning a new language and getting a degree to try to get a certain visa so that all of us could stay and get a green card. Like she did all of that on her own. And um, something that I recently came to realization and understanding about my mom, like I still speak to her even if she's passed, is that, and I'm saying this because I, I hope that it can kind of create a level of, of like understanding for our parents, our, our immigrant parents, um, is that like once, I think that a lot of, of much of my mom's parenting for me, um, I used to take it so personally and be like, what did I do to deserve this kind of treatment? Mm. But the more I, you know, process it and think about it, the more I'm starting to understand that, like, it, you know, she was probably scared. Mm. Like, she was in fight or flight. Right. She was probably scared every single day. She also had the pressure from not only herself, but her family back home, not just my dad, but probably my dad's family, her family, like leaving everything to come here, risking it all. And so she probably had this immense pressure to show them that this, like what success in America basically looks like, chasing this American dream. And to raise her children to be excellent, to show them that it all paid off. And that's just, I cannot even imagine that level of pressure and overwhelm every single day while also trying to show up for herself. Mm. Um, And so like the pressure that she put on me and my brother, like that's just kind of the lens that I'm starting to see it from and understanding. Um, And this is coming to me now because now that like both of my parents have passed, I, I don't feel that and hear that anymore. Like I don't hear my mom saying, you need to be doing more down there. Like there is so much more that you could be doing. She's there. She's, I only hear, I'm proud of you. And I feel like that's because she's a complete piece. And I think like, and my dad too. Now it's like my dad passed away last year. And it's like, how might our parents show up for us if they were to be a complete peace and safety? And, like, I'm experiencing it now because they're, you know, up in heaven and they're a complete peace. They have no stress, hopefully. You know, they're enjoying themselves up there. Mm-hmm. And because she f- no longer feels that pressure, it's like, I don't I don't hear. You got to do more. You got to do better. Da, 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 da. So this is the part where I'm telling you guys, like, can we kind of start to kind of have the curiosity of acknowledging our immigrant parents with yo what is the pressure and stress that they're going through yeah and is there anything that we could do to show up for them um have we ever asked our parents what help they're needing Mm -hmm. um because it must be hard for them to tell us yeah it must be hard for them to ask us for help so like is there room for you to ask your parents if they're needing any help um I got to learn about my parents more and deeper after they passed Mm -hmm. because I was cleaning out their apartments. I was going through all of their stuff. And my dad, like he had saved all of our email exchanges printed out since Yahoo days back in 2001. Oh my God. And I had no idea. Yeah. Um, It turns out that he and I were reading the same exact books and we never talked about it. Um, I just learned about both of them so much more after they had passed. So I'm telling you this now 
like listen to Ani, listen to Luna. Yeah, oh Don't yeah. Don't wait until your parents die. Oh. Like I understand that relationship with parents can be really complex. Maybe you're not at the point of being able to do this, mm-hmm. but it won't hurt to try. Um. So yeah, yeah that's what I want to share. <laughs> wow. Um. <laughs> I wait like I actually like I don't I don't cry on camera that often but like that like truly like like touched my heart like um yeah I guess like yeah thank you for sharing I think like this is our first time meeting I'm so sorry (laughs) (laughs) no but I think like one of the recent things on my mind has honestly been like I can see like my parents struggling like like having to deal with things for the first time in their life and like that they still feel that parental need to like protect us right the mm-hmm, kids mm-hmm. and so they won't share they mm-hmm. won't share and it'll manifest in other ways and so i like come to that like so impatient and so angry because i'm like why can't you just like just talk about like what's going on so we can understand and like right it's just a lot of like i i don't understand like where the like disconnect is like you can just share with us Mm -hmm. but i think this is like bringing up a good point of like like maybe they don't have the tools and maybe they don't even know that they can open up to us right and so like i'm gonna I'm literally going home tomorrow to my parents. Like, we're going to have a talk. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, yeah, thank you yeah, for, like, thank you. like, just, I guess, like, sharing from, like, your own experience and, like, everything that you've, like, learned. Yeah. Um, definitely impacted me. I'm sure it's going to impact everyone else on the other side of the camera. Um, and so... Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I hope to come back. I wait. Part two. <laughs> no, absolutely. Like I, like I, I'm literally like, oh, like Ani vibes. Like <laughs> I feel like I learned so much in like what the the 45 minutes that we spoke. Um. So yeah, thank you. Wow. Thank you. Um. Yeah. Um. Usually this part is like we. Everyone follow Jiggy at Jiggy <laughs> underscore. I mean, do it. Yeah. No. Do literally. It. No. Literally follow her. Um. But yeah, I definitely like. I I have like so many more questions for you. Like, yeah. we're definitely gonna be doing a part two, mm-hmm. and then everyone, please go check out the podcast Energy and Heart podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, as well as, um, the Vulnerability is Dope project. Yeah, I'm like. I'm gonna buy a t- yeah i'm gonna buy a t-shirt like i'm gonna buy a sweater <laughs> three um and yeah i guess other than that like yeah thank you i have thank no you. i have like no i have no words <laughs> <laughs> wow i can't believe this is our first time meeting yeah okay great vulnerability is dope <laughs> <laughs> got another one oh yeah it's not a cult i promise oh <laughs> even if it is- no just kidding <laughs> yeah okay wow thank you thank Thank you you. for having me really and thank you everybody for listening really appreciate your time yeah okay see you guys on the next one (laughs) bye (laughs) this is such a crazy ending